To stay on top in business, stay on top of your technology with the new Business Desk podcast, the business of tech. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, good idea, and welcome to the rewrap for Tuesday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking breakfast on Newsdog ZB and a silly package. I am Glenn ZB, and this morning um, is Christopher Luxon uh, getting better? Mm, maybe mixed views on that shortly. Uh, healthy homes policy uh, inconsistent. Uh, Mike wants some answers around that too. Uh, we've got a scandal in Gore, and we might be moving to Italy. But before any of that. Uh, young people voting. Have you ever heard the like? What makes me laugh, Mike, is that all these sanctimonious virtue signalling footballers um, get on social media and run down Katarin's human rights record but don't have the courage of their convictions to stay at home and turn down the huge paychecks. Marty, uh, the world is full of people who are um, busy saying stuff but don't doing stuff, and that's called hypocrisy, and the world is full of that at the moment. Sadly, Mike, if 16-year-olds can vote, then they should be able to buy booze, smokes, vape, be charged as an adult, go to war, buy a cup, blah, blah, blah. It's the old argument. Sandra, this is the, this is the conundrum with which we um, debate the subject this morning. Mike, who paid the very high court costs for the 16-year-olds? I understand it's pro bono. It's, it'll be a classic bit of pro bono work that an activist lawyer would have been all over. You want to be in the appeal court, in the Supreme Court. You want to be in front of the justices. You want to, you know, make an impression. 16-year-olds, Mike, means 16-year-old creating political parties with a 16-year-old mindset. As a party, they promise the least amount of output for the biggest returns. Every 16-year-old will vote for that. Heck, kids can't even get out of bed and get to school. How can they vote? It's not a bad point. No, is it? it's a terrible point because they're saying that kids can't be bothered voting. So why are you worried about it if, it, if it's not going to affect you in any way? If you're saying that kids are too lazy to vote, then what difference does it make if they've got the right to vote? And I would go further and to say that if, that if kids are bothered to get out of bed and vote, they are genuinely interested in what's going on and probably are more engaged with the issues and the candidates than most of us normal people. I don't mean to say that young people aren't normal, but we know that. Anyway, a lot of that sort of thing, where people just sort of would make dumb points like that, which just seemed to be an opportunity to slag off kids rather than saying why it's actually a reason that they shouldn't have the right to vote. Um, as usual, Christopher Luxon, no, no strong opinions. Just back to Cliff's comment earlier on this morning uh, when he texted in about Luxon, and, and I noticed this particularly yesterday. Luxon was in uh, Hawke's Bay, and he got some good Hawke's Bay coverage uh, on the national basis. He, and, and one of the articles said, it was an interesting line, it said Luxon did not win a lot of media acclaim for his boot camps plan. And the point I would argue is, so what? Who gives a monkeys what the media thinks, for goodness sake? As long as it's a piece of reportage and you're out there putting ideas into the atmosphere and people can, you know, think about them and debate them. But he said he said this, and, and, and he seems to have got a, I don't know, a newfound confidence, certainly in some areas anyway. People can call us names. They can make sweeping judgments about the policy. But at the end of the day, this government is doing nothing to fix the problem. And New Zealanders are over this government. On every single dimension, the economy, housing, health, education, crime, we're going backwards. Every metric's getting worse, and I want us to do things. I want us to get things done in this country. We owe it to New Zealanders to improve outcomes. Now, you can't argue with that, can you? Then he says this, 60% of children are not attending school. 90% of Ram Raiders are being completely dislocated from the school system. Gang membership rising by over 50% under this government. What we have in New Zealand is a culture of excuses. You cannot tell me in 2022 
in a developed country that only 40% of our kids going to school regularly and 100,000 chronically absent is a success for New Zealand going forward. It's a social failure, it's a moral failure, and it's a future economic crisis. Is he wrong? And he went on to blame in part sometimes, occasionally teachers and principals, and he went on in part to blame occasionally parents. And of course, all the lovies, all the lefties, all the hand-ringers going, oh, you can't blame the parents, you can't blame the parents. Why not? Why not? It's at times their fault. If you have the, I think he said, if you have the children, you bear the responsibility. And what this, what we become in this country, is a nation of excuse makers run by a government of excuse makers. Oh, you can't get out of bed. Never mind. Have some more, have some more welfare money, and we'll look after the kids. We'll feed the kids for you. We'll give them a uniform. Oh, they're still not going to school. Oh, never mind. It's complicated. Carmel will tell you all about that. And what we need is a counter argument to that, and that's what the contest of ideas is, and that's what we fight elections on, for God's sake. So all, all power to him. Yeah, we had him on the show this morning, though, and he still said, I don't know, in response to several questions. I mean, just have, please have, just have an opinion. You're in opposition. Your opinion doesn't even matter that much. You know, if you're wondering what your opinion is, it's the opposite to whatever the government's saying, isn't it? Surely. What about the Healthy Homes policy? What's your opinion on that? We've got the Healthy Homes Standards um, announcement allegedly being made today. Uh, it's laughed at, by the way, by a lot of landlords and contractors around the country who have to deal with it all. When we had to install the heat pump, uh, the people doing it told us, one, it was way, way bigger than it really needed to be. Two, this happened a lot, but that's what you get when the governments get involved. And the irony was, three, the house, given its construction, didn't actually need a heat pump, and the people we bought it off had lived there the in building's entire life. They had built the house. And given they'd built the house, they'd been perfectly comfortable for 20-plus years with a standard heater on the really cold days and open the windows on the really hot days. Further, the tenants now don't actually use the heat pump because, one, it isn't needed, as previously pointed out, and two, they don't want to run up the power bill. Final, final irony is as we were doing this, we were also renovating another house, a bigger house, and a house we put air conditioning into, not for rental, and that house's air conditioning uh, was nowhere near the size of the rental. But because it wasn't a rental, we made the decision based on what was actually needed as opposed to what the government dictated from on high. Fast forward to today, where we have the same government looking at giving Housing New Zealand a free pass on these standards by delaying the previous start date, which was to be July next year. So it's sort of a do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do kind of affair. By way of what seems potentially like a backdown or a backtrack, they now suggest this new rule, if they change it, could apply to private landlords as well. Not to be confused with what we did, all new rental agreements had to meet these new standards within 90 days of the deal. So, some have had to do it, some haven't, some may now get the extension. The point, an obvious unfairness, is a rental is a rental and a landlord is a landlord. And if you're going to have a rule, as mad as that rule may be, why isn't the rule apply evenly and fairly? Why does a government get to opt out of its own rule? Why, if you are the tenant of a government, you get a worse deal than if you're the tenant of a person in the private sector. This government hasn't been good about rental properties anyway. I mean, the tax treatment's been messed with, the rules have been messed with, and we've all seen what's happened to rents as a result. Now, we have hypocrisy, and how do you even begin to justify that? Uh, I wonder what the rules and regulations say about uh, landlords' responsibilities and gore. Because it sounds like they, they have a, a an interesting standard for you know what they will and won't cover for some things in gore. Scandal and gore. I never thought I'd say those words. Scandal and gore. Ben Bell, brand new mayor. Do you know what he's gone and done? He's gone and hired himself a personal assistant. Her name's Shanna. Shanna? Shanna? Crosby? How's it spelled? S-H-A-N-N-A. See, in Australia you call it Shanna. But I think in this country probably Shanna. 
Shana Crosby? Or unless it's short for Shana Na, <laughs> and then it might be Shana. <laughs> anyway, he's gone and hired her as his assistant. She travelled with him to Wellington, where he attended the two-day training session for new mayors, and he furnished an expense claim for her $4,500, 4584 to be precise, for flights, cost of a flight change, accommodation at the James Cook, and hotel parking. Chief Executive of the Council had a look at that. He decided not to reimburse Crosby's costs uh, after receiving advice from the Council's General Manager of Corporate Support. The Council's sensitivity expenditure policy allows for elected members and council staff to incur expenditure if there's a justified business purpose, but the policy does not allow for the cost of Bell's personal assistant. Crosby is not a council employee or an elected member, does not have the authority to act in any capacity for the council and related business. The trip was not booked by council staff, and if it had been, they're arguing the subsequent cost would be likely to be less. I mean, four and a half grand to go from Invercargill to Wellington, come on. There's a second report. The request from Bell for a dedicated assistant. The council already employs an executive assistant for the mayor and the chief executive. They're saying now the current situation's confusing. I'm confused. So he seems to have hired this woman on his own, off his own bat as a personal assistant and is now palming her off as a council employee. It doesn't work that way. This is what happens when you give jobs to the young. It's what happens. You end up with assistance for the assistants. Exactly. What's going on? They're, get, they're getting out. But, but mind you, I would have thought that once you hear, oh, there are flights and parking involved, for 4000 that seems well, cheap. Well, 4584 I mean, 4220 of that would have been the cost of changing the flight. Yeah, Obvi- oh, it was straight away. Obviously. Yeah, I would have ticked that off straight away. We no wish, worries. We wish them So, well. yeah, I mean, this is the biggest scandal since um, Jeremy Wells. Remember, he used to be called Newsboy, and I think he went to Gore and, and labelled it the gay capital of New Zealand. Started calling it gay Gore. Did I just imagine that? Eight... Was it Eating Media Lunch or was it African Newsboys Tour of New Zealand or one of those? Those were the days. Remember News? You don't remember Newsboy? Oh, come on. I'm not that old, am I? Probably am. Maybe it's time to retire to a, to a nice Mediterranean country. This very morning, uh, Prusici, which is a little town in Puglia, which, according to Joe, is the place to go these days. If you want to go on holiday in Italy outside of the main centres like Rome or Milan, uh, Sicily, uh, in no small part due to White Lotus, I suspect, and also Puglia has taken off. Just mag- magnificent scenery. Anyway, if you go to this place called Prasicci, uh, they will give you $50,000 to help you buy a house and move there, uh, used towards the purchase of the home and renovating. You can buy a house there from as cheap as about $40,000, New Zealand dollars. It's got its own post office, own bank, owned supermarkets. Known during the Renaissance period for its vast olive groves and premium olive oil, the city of green gold. Is what it used to be known as, and but it's not what it was, like so many places in that particular part of the world. So for forty thousand dollars, you can buy yourself a house. They'll give you fifty thousand dollars. First soundproofing the study and turning it into a radio studio. Now there's an idea. There's an idea. We just like saying those things uh, out loud on air to um, get a reaction from our boss, and it, unfailingly, it works every time. I'm Glenn ZB. Uh, that was the rewrap. Uh, you know, we probably aren't moving to Italy. Don't worry, Jason. Probably. Uh, not before tomorrow, anyway. I'll see you back here then. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. 
We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.